into the contest. It's Tuesday the 10th of August. Welcome to our afternoon sport deep dive. Tim Gilbert here, Shane Lee. Shane, you got the ultimate man's birthday present. The ultimate beer-loving <laughs> male present. Well, you know I do like O'Brien beer anyway, but I've got a beer tap at my bar, mate, so it's going to be beer... Uh, Proper beer tap going in, so uh, I'm very much looking forward to that, Tim. You must come over. We'll get Dan, our producer, to come over as well. And, and Craig Hodges loves a beer too, mate. So maybe we have a little afternoon sport, afternoon round here and, yeah, just talk sport, Timmy. Yeah, we could do it for three days. Once the shackles come off, we'll come around. <laughs> Don't you worry. The, the beer tap will get a hammering. All right. Today on the show, we have radio host and rugby league player Katie Brown and our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert. He takes a look at the world game and also the mighty boomers and their bronze medal. So Shane, Nathan Ellis plays for Australia, Game 3 Bangladesh, and we're going like a busted in this series. We've lost three from three, heading into Game 4. He gets a hat-trick and they've dropped him for the next game. How does that happen? What's Justin Langer doing? Like, in all seriousness, we've never lost to Bangladesh in the history of the game of cricket, right? And we're over there playing very poorly. This young guy comes in, takes a hat-trick, unbelievable, on debut. No one's ever done that for Australia, taking a hat-trick on debut, and they, and they rest him? Like, it's a T20 game. What, you must be tired after buying four overs. Like, come on. Like, if someone does well, stick with them, let them get some momentum, confidence, and kick on. This is bullshit. <laughs> Losing 3-0 to Bangladesh, it's, it's not <laughs> strong. I know it's T20, but yeah. boy, oh boy, two more games to go. Uh, they really need to save some face. So we'll watch that space with interest. Uh, as we know, the Australian rugby side did very well against New Zealand. Didn't get the chocolates, but the Bledisloe Cup is continuing. And, of course, the running game will be released later this week, our rugby podcast I do with Matt Dunning. And I did have a good chat with Matt about how the Wallabies went against the All Blacks. Here's a bit of that. The Wallabies were good. That's what made it so frustrating, you know. There was a 20-minute lapse there where the All Blacks just showed the quality and, and, you know, they were far better in that 20 minutes. But there was parts of our, of our game that if we got it all together, that was a game we could have won, you know. That was frustrating about it. Our line-out let us down early. The scrum went sort of 50-50. But, yeah, no, look, there's, there's a lot of encouraging signs. It's, it's If we can bring it all together... This Wallaby side can do well, but on the same token, we have to really work on our execution, you know, and get everything right. And and let, let's be honest, to beat the All Blacks at Eden Park, it hasn't been done since '86. So you know that that's the positive. You know, the guys they had a chance to be competitive and almost win that game. You know, the first half, you know, the lineouts a bit more effective, and you know we we could be leading that first half by ten or ten or fifteen points, and then we've got a totally different game. You said the momentum switch. So I think this Wallaby side can beat an all-black side. There's no doubt about that. You'll hear the rest of that chat with Matt Dunning, plus a cracking running game later in the week. But coming up on Afternoon Sport, she plays the game of rugby league. She reports it. She presents it. Her name is Katie Brown. It's Tuesday, that means it's Katie Brown Day. She plays the game of rugby league, presents it, reports it, she's on the radio. She, there's not, 24 hours is not enough in one day and I'm looking at her Instagram and she's working out in lockdown. Katie, how are you? <laughs> I'm pretty good, I'm buggered. Didn't work out today. <laughs> now, I'll tell you who are buggered, are the Eels. Their woes continue. Oh, come off it. I knew come you'd on. have a dig just yeah. because your dragons aren't doing well. Do you know what? <laughs> I'll defend them, Shane. They're yep. sitting fourth right now. Mm. And if you get rid of Brad Arthur, 
Who are you replacing him with? People are saying Wayne Bennett. Well, I'll tell you now, Wayne Bennett is super coach and I'm a big fan, but he's sitting, he's South Sydney Rabbitohs at third right now and he wants to clear out back to Queensland. I don't think changing the coach is actually the secret or the, the winning ingredient to this and they've got a great team. Mm. We'll see. They're, they're, they're struggling at the moment, yeah. Seriously, they are playing like busted asses, though. That's that's the problem. They sort of you, they do have a really good football team, but their attack is just absolutely limp. It doesn't look like they're going to score a try half the time. No, and you're, you're fair on that. Very predictable. We know that Mitch Moses loves a kicking game, and it's very predictable in what he's going to do on the last play. So... Yes, damn it, you have a good point there. I'll stick up for the coach, but the players probably need to pick up their act. You're right. They just look like they need a month off and probably need a holiday to refresh, but they don't have that time. Fortunately, they're still sitting in fourth, so they should still scrape through in the eight, but they need to be probably uh, looking a little bit more fresh coming into finals because they're no match for the top four right now. No, sure. And look, I think when some players get picked to go to the next level, Mitch Moses, we talked about him just before, when they come back and haven't done well at that level, they often struggle for a while to find their own footing once again. There's a bit of a disbelief in their own game. And I sort of can see that in him at the moment, which is a bit of a shame because the guy's a good footballer. Yeah, absolutely. He just needs to probably feel it. And he doesn't mm. lack confidence. Mm. But it's, I guess, having the rest of the team believing in him as well. Mm. And yep. and Guffo's certainly a leader. Yeah, and, and he's misfiring a bit as well. And I'm, I'm a big fan of his too. And uh, Junior Paulo doesn't look like he's he's got the attack that we know that he has. So anyway, we'll watch Parramatta. We've got some Parramatta supporters around this house. So uh, they haven't been all that happy over the last couple of weeks. Well, Katie, uh, this whole idea, look, I've covered so many games in New Zealand. Shane, you've played cricket over there. Uh, it's I love New Zealand, but we cannot have the whole grand final, our showpiece in New Zealand. That just can't happen. Look, safety measures, okay, maybe. Let's have that as our very uh, last resort. But rugby league is not their favourite code over there so Mm. you'd be lucky to fill a stadium anyway and that would be embarrassing I'd rather have try and have 50% at Suncorp or or keep Suncorp as your your big backup right now because it really doesn't look like New South Wales is going to get the go ahead and they've all but ruled that out but Queensland has to have it even Townsville overtaking it to New Zealand. If it, if, if it does go in New Zealand, it starts with a big bungee jump. Everyone bungee jumps in. They get get a white water rafting. You know, it's like come on. Anyway, now listen. I want to ask you about this. Will Chambers, like, yeah, this stuff about sledging. Like, come on. Yeah, you know, the old saying: sticks and stones may break my bones, but names will never hurt me. I played in cricket where sledging was part of the you know the environment. Like, they have to get over this stuff, right? Because if someone sledges you and they take it personally, you've won. So get over it. Like, come on. We're all grown men here. I'm with you on that. And I love a bit of sledging. I love mm. uh, a bit of banter on the field. And Kane Evans, I mean, there's a whole list that they're suggesting. And I think what the problem is in this situation is, look, Will Chambers has had his heyday and he's treading on thin ice because we've seen Sharks coach Josh Hannay not happy with mm. the way that he's sledging. So it's kind of on... Um, his own teammates that aren't happy with what Will's doing. So if you can get Moylan back from the calf injury, he'll go back into the halves. Connor Tracy will then play centre and it looks like Will could be on the outer with the club. But I don't have a problem with sledging. 
No, not at all. No. Yeah. You've got to deal with it, like you said, thick skin. Yeah. Um, they they should have won that game on the weekend. They really should have. Uh, look, and that's nothing against the opposition because well done to them. They've had all sorts of dramas, the Warriors, but the Sharks should have won that game. Now, what, what about this Melbourne team? For a long time, we thought that they are Fort Knox. We've been saying it right here. But Manly showed enough, Katie, to think, well, they can be beaten, can't they? Oh, I don't know. I don't. I don't have any money against them not being beaten. I just think Melbourne Storm are way too strong. They did so much homework on Toby Turbo, and it paid off. I mean, mm. not that he had a bad game, but he did not flourish like we have seen him all season. Uh, so they did a really good job of that. And I don't. Did you guys see Brandon Smith smiling at the camera after he managed to <laughs> to milk that penalty? I just thought oh, he's got away. Yeah, they, they just know their way in and out of this game um, when it comes to coming to the final. I can't see them not being there and I can't see them not winning it. Who, who do you think will play them in the final, Katie? You think Panthers will get there? or mm, I actually think it could be South. Yeah. Okay. Who do you think? Look, I, look I'm with you. Well, I think the Storm are going to win. I, I think they'll win as well. And, and, and sort of, it's more of a compliment the way that I worded it because I think that they will win. But if – and I just thought there's no chance anyone get near them. But Manly just showed a little bit to think that if they get the things go their way, someone might beat them. I think you're right. I think it might be South and Melbourne and um, – They've got Wayne Bennett, so we'll have to watch. Look, it's an intriguing uh, next few rounds into the final series. Cannot wait for it. Katie, always good to talk. Yeah, you too. Appreciate it, gents. Have a great day. Coming up on Afternoon Sport, our editor-at-large, Mr Rob Gilbert, looks at all these lotto numbers being bandied about. Messi and Harry Kane, what about their incomes? He's next. Rugby, it's a game they play in heaven. Look out for our podcast, The Running Game, where Matt Dunning joins me, Tim Gilbert. Each week, we speak to players, coaches and legends of the game. We look at the game from every angle at all levels, from test rugby, the club game, city to country and the way it's played at school. The Running Game. Come find us on your podcast app. All right, it is time to talk to our editor-at-large, Rob Gilbert. And, Robbie, uh, straight off the top, Lionel Messi, we're seeing all these lotto numbers mentioned about new contracts, but he was very emotional, this absolute out-and-out superstar for Barcelona. Very, very emotional on his way out the door. Yeah, he sure was. That way, Timmy Shane. Um, So, look, anyone who follows sport or doesn't follow sport for that matter is familiar with the name of Lionel Messi, the great Argentine, 34 years old. He's been at Barcelona for 17 years, won 17 trophies, or 34 trophies, I should say, in that time. Um, He uh, is um, a juggernaut in terms of his ability to earn money and to get results on the pitch. Uh, About $168.5 million US dollars a year. So what had happened was that he'd he'd agreed to to re-sign with Barcelona a month or so ago. He uh, uh, agreed to a five-year contract and uh, and half of what his his usual uh, contract would have been worth. But what ended up happening was a an outcome that uh, that few people expected to eventually uh, occur because uh, on so many occasions, both Bar- Barcelona and Messi were the boy who cried wolf. Mm. So the situation is that Barcelona are in debt to the tune of around six hundred and seventy million US dollars, and uh, and they've been uh, uh, they've been instructed by La Liga, the peak body obviously in Spain, to reduce their debt to get rid mm. of players, but they just couldn't get it done. So ultimately, the uh, one Laporta who uh, is the president who'd come 
back to the club after a previous uh, stint, came on the ticket of keeping Messi, but just couldn't get it done. Mm. So, so look, um, Messi has been accused uh, by some in Argentina of being more Spanish than Argentine. Um, he's obviously won the Copa America recently, so uh, quashed that suggestion. But the passion that he had for that club and has for that club was writ large on his face when he uh, when he uh, sat in his press conference in tears when finally realised that the boy who cried wolf was ultimately not crying wolf this day. He was yeah. just Crying. Eventually, they all go, mate. But um, Harry Kane, mate, he um, he is he going to move clubs as well? Yeah, look, the, the speculation there is uh, is uh, all the uh, the talk in the English Premier League, which starts this uh, Saturday morning. Uh, mm. Brentford take on Arsenal, the uh, promoted Brentford from the Premiership. Uh, so Kane uh, is. Uh, meant to be playing against Manchester City Monday morning our time, but the stories came out that he refused to attend training. He denies it, says he had uh, permission to extend his holiday, and now he's coming back. So the question marks around this are all around his his stated desire to win trophies. He's been Mm. with Spurs for all of his career, or all of his top flight career at least. And Daniel Levy, the, the chairman of Tottenham Hotspur, is just famous for for not letting a player go without extracting absolute maximum value out of them. And he will dig his heels in. So you've got Levy versus versus uh, Kane. It seems to me like Kane is, is wobbling a little bit because uh, Jack Grealish, the superstar from Aston Villa, has signed with Manchester City and so City wanted to also sign Kane. But uh, uh, they, um, they are also... Uh, similar to Barcelona, uh, being the subject of uh, financial fair play issues in the past. So they've got to be a little bit careful about how much they uh, they put on the table for uh, for Kane um, to, to, to get him across. So that, that one will swirl right up until the opening kick of the, the um, competition this weekend and right through to the, the next transfer window what closes in January. Yeah, and on that, Robert, the Premier League, it's it's going to be very normal again. It's normal looking again, crowds again. Um, England sort of has sort of uh, swung back into, you know, all restrictions out the door. Yeah, they sure have. There are lots of uh, protocols around being able to attend games. But if uh, if anyone saw any of the highlights of the championship, the second division uh, competition in England that kicked off over the weekend, they were pretty much full houses at, at every every match. So uh, I suppose uh, just to, to not take too much of a tangent, it's, uh, it's a look into the future of what we can expect when we get to that 70%, 80% vaccination rate, which uh, I think we can all agree can't come too soon. And Robbie, just quickly, mate, the boomers got bronze, mate. First time ever. Brian Gorgian led the way as as a, he's a great coach, I think. Yeah, yeah. Look, he, he's iconic, isn't he? In this country, he's been around for so long. He feels like he's been around since the the game uh, started in this country. Sixty five years of uh, pain uh, trying mm. to, to get that medal since the nineteen fifty six Melbourne Olympics. So close last time around in Rio, five seconds uh, from winning the bronze medal, and uh, you know famous victories over the USA in friendlies and and uh, competing with them right down to the line. But uh, but Pat. Mills, 42 points against Slovenia. Just an amazing story. And as you say, Brian Gorgian, a, a leader that um, that really embodies everything that uh, is uh, is passion and uh, and desire. Uh, uh, the only downside of this, of course, is Ben Simmons not attending and Gorgian did come out and say it wasn't the medal that he wanted to put around his neck. It was the the passion and the desire that he wanted him oh, to wow. be a part of uh, to, uh, to, to to bring the next uh, era of the boomers uh, forward into to, uh, you know, maybe the next step up on the podium. Yeah, well, it might be enough just to get him there to France. Uh, they they really want him. Uh, he's an amazing player at six foot ten, isn't he, Ben Simmons? But Paddy Mills, at uh, you know, top five players for the Olympics, you'd have to say he was the best of them all. He was just extraordinary. Robbie, until next week, we will say goodbye. 
Thank you, Timothy. Thank you, Shane. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to Katie Brown and to Rob Gilbert, and thanks to X-Blades. Yeah, www.xblades.com.au. And our wonderful producer, as mentioned, Mr. Dan McHugh, will be back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care.